When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Ho Ho Headstuff Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfuck Four, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, words from Ireland, August Nullock. I'm Derek Fashay. I'm Patrick Kovanek. And I'm Gerardine McAvoy. And you're all very welcome to our seasonal end of year review Christmas spectacular. Yay! Tone it was spectacular though. Like, yeah. will it be spectacular? You're setting the bar pretty high there. <laughs> it will be spectacular. Mediocrely spectacular. Spectacular on a mediocre scale. Welcome. So, 2018. On your bike. <laughs> away with you. Get up the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the five lamps? <laughs> I was at a I was at a wedding once, and uh, my my friend Pete was getting married, and he's from that area. He's from near the Five Lamps, and uh, his best man was giving a speech, and he humorously dropped in that phrase. Do you know mm-hmm. the Five Lamps? But Pete's brother had had a few uh, venos too many, and so he immediately answered. He shouted at the top of his voice, right next to the mother of the groom, "Just you're gonna hang us our bollockses off them." <laughs> uh, I was like, oh God. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. It's funny how people will complain about grammar, but then instinctively know the difference between yows, yes, yezers, and yezer. It's, it's, well, it's, it's just innate. It's yeah. a natural grammar. Yes, but that's a Dublin thing, though, because... Okay, so I'll translate. Yeah. You know the difference between do, ye yeah. and year. Yeah. Like, ye can sling year hooks, like... Yeah. I, although, I, in fairness, since moving to Dublin, yezer is a lot more useful, I find. So, so you can sling user hooks like that's that's oh, great that's I like great. that a lot that's just like hands across the border like yeah some... I love it yeah you know it's just connecting people that's just <laughs> what I aim to do Glasnost and Perestroika between <laughs> the uh, the dubs and the the, the cultures. yeah this is just all we need to do we just need to swap a few words as we go and then it's like a know. cultural exchange yeah. program you just take your years and we'll take your ye and then we'll be done with it hmm. absolutely we can all we can all learn from each other put I'll r- be cold in the ground before I recognise ye <laughs> Yee, yee. What's a yee? Yes. The two, two yee or yee. Two yees. The two yees. What I love about it is it's like the two yees, but if you want emphasis, it's the two yees. Or if you're from Navan, two yees. Two yees. Yeah, but nobody's from Navan. Navan is an aggressively awful place. It's just. I think that, you know, there's no real difference in all the different towns in Meath. They're all pretty much the same. They're all in Navin. It's just a conspiracy. No, no, no. That's, that's completely unfair to the other towns in Meath, which, which, don't get me wrong for a second, I also dislike, but they're not Navin. <laughs> no, no, no. Navin Look, is a special kind of hell. I think we can all agree, though, Navin or Kells or Trim, 
they're not you know the other ones aren't Navin may be the case but they're also not Kevin I think that's also important I raise this point of various towns and meads because we've been, when we're looking back over 2018 we're looking at the best and worst things of the years and one of my favourite things this year one of the things that made me made me smile a lot was the Twitter account Jurassic Arse Ah yeah, yeah, Elgari. He's, he'd kill you if he heard you compare Kells to Navin. Yeah. <laughs> very, very upset with that comparison. I saw a tweet from him actually being like, "Oh, Kells is lovely," and it was just a picture of a wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Gary was one of our most popular curators of the Motherfucker Twitter accounts this yeah, year. Uh, he is, I believe, he has some sort of role in education. He is an educator. He's an educator. So I asked him specifically to cover the much coveted back to school week slot in September and he did flying flying he passed in flying colours because the previous week had been the Rose Tralee week which was covered by Brianna Parkins yeah which was yeah yeah, that's a high bar like that's Mm -hmm. a pretty high bar that account that account's been brilliant as a curation rotation account throughout the year like there have been some real real big highlights uh, in the year obviously me Where is it? Where is it? My mystery number thirteen. <laughs> and of course, as it's Christmas week, ho ho ho, you've picked a pretty special curator for Christmas week. I'm really enjoying it so far. I have indeed. For, for Christmas week, I thought none other than uh than Daddy Nanolog himself, Oscar Akira, the yep. um the co founder of Pop Up Gale Tucked and the the star of one of our most popular episodes this year. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. And maybe. the owner of one of the nicest beards in Ireland, it has to be said. And you're saying that to a room full of bearded men and yet but we can only agree you with got, you. You've got to we agree. We can only agree yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. Agree My with you. other half is, is has a beard and I was doing something with Oscar recently and he was on like a video so he's watching it. And he was like, yeah, you were great, but that guy with a beard, it's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I know, right? It's even better in person. <laughs> Oscar's one of the only people who could be an extra in Vikings and have to modernise his wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oscar, my, uh, my Gaeltacht husband, as our wives call us. <laughs> so... Those uh, those two lads certainly have been big parts of the highlights of this year, and certainly in terms of dipping into the social media. And um, we all, we, we, this might be a nice time to review some of the other highlights. Have you had any social media or other before we get into other music and politics and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it light now. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. Let me think now. Good. Uh, Ruthie Fizz has had a great year on Twitter. She's been amazing. Um. She's kind of. It's been a tough year for a lot of people, and she's. Uh. She's got lovely lists and just nice, uh, good content. Just, just and been on stuff. the show and just a lovely person. She all was super the on the show. It was great fun. Yeah. yeah. Has super. her own podcast as well. Um. So yeah. she's. Uh. Yeah. I thought she's just putting some really nice stuff out into the world in like. You know, an otherwise not great year for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. She was a yeah, nice, nice social media presence. It's nice to have that. My uh, my social media highlight of the year is uh, hash clip Neil Shakespeare. Yeah. Yes, that was that was big. Just when we speak about the Irish language and things like that, it was nice. And it was friend of the pod, Kieran E.A., who uh, did a spectacular podcast a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, and it was just it was brilliant. And she, um, yeah, she, so she. Started this hashtag Neil Shea CGL Neil Shea or it's not all right to kind of just point out the more or less the hypocrisy in society that like we're, we're as a society as a nation we're like we're totes woke like we mm-hmm. do not want to offend anyone and yet when you try and speak your own language in your own land it's like 
oh, is that what's that the Irish for? Like, mm-hmm. you know, or could you not just put your name in English because it's just easier? Yeah. Way, like, or, but it's so it's such a thing that is so relatable to so many Irish speakers. And yet nobody nearly talks about it. And it's so weird that like it like it happens to all of us that you get depending on the reaction. I mean, I'm doing some research on it right now and some people have like really aggressive reactions to you literally just minding your own business, speaking Irish. Um, so it really was interesting to highlight that and to kind of not just make it visible for ourselves as Irish speakers, but to make it visible to non-Irish speakers as well. They, they could see like, yeah, like if this did happen to somebody who was speaking, I don't know, Algerian or something or uh, Polish or I don't know, Albanian. Like, it'd be really weird if I treated them that way. But yeah, it's okay to not to say that people who speak other languages aren't inherently discriminated against. They are. But it's weird. There's a weird... But we acknowledge that they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We acknowledge that they are. I think it's harder to acknowledge that Irish speakers are discriminated against. Or not just discriminated against, but just treated really weirdly. Um, And not always treated badly. Like, you know, if anybody's listening to this gun, but I always treat Irish speakers. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, we can treat well, but just... Weirdly, like, yeah. why, why mm-hmm. are you like, and it's things like, you know, if we just go for a little drink and somebody's going to hear us speaking Irish and they're going to come over and tell us what a shit time they had in primary school. And yeah. I just, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just, or even like, don't like, care. I remember being in a pop up girl's house once and I was just speaking to a friend I hadn't seen in ages and we were outside the bar and it was in a particularly, like, it was in near enough Temple Bar, so there was a few, like, tourists hanging around and they came over and started recording our conversation and I was like bro this is weird in any language please stop (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know we were talking about repeal at the time so I was like talking about you know abortions and menstruation and stuff and this guy was like recording like aren't they great isn't that lovely I was like if only you knew what we were talking about it's great great to hear the old Irish it's great to hear the old Irish spoken no it is no it is I don't speak of myself I wish I did what's stopping you barrel of bros need to get some chill Uh, literally every taxi I get home from a pop up girl like, that's the taxi driver he just he just came and went he's just yeah, it's I know. the same he one no it was Peg though oh, you Jeffrey Peg <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peg's had a great year even though she's been um, dead for 60 years yeah she's had a 60? resurgence <laughs> <laughs> yeah I saw a really nice uh, uh, illustration for Nose magazine for uh Peg's 60th, the 60th anniversary of her death. Yeah, yeah. Death. By, uh, illustration by Kira Kenny. Yeah. yeah, oh my God, it was really good. Uh, check it out, check out her work. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was yeah, it's a great year for Peg. Every year is a great year for Peg. People just don't acknowledge it, okay? It's, it's funny that there's a, she's a one of a number of, uh, of, of figures of fun from the past who are being rapidly reevaluated yeah. in a in a year when kind of uh, when the centre has not held. <laughs> the centre, and she quote Mr. Yates, yeah, is not holding at all. Hmm. We've been reevaluating half of them though, like yeah. Yeah. Yates as a fuckboy. It's yeah. it's funny. Dev as a not a total bastard, not, perhaps. Yeah, not that much of a bastard. Still a bastard at the end of it, but <laughs> yeah, not that much. I was actually in. Uh, uh, I went on yet again, my third time to go on the tour of our Sunny Tron. I'm bringing all of my friends there, <laughs> but there's a portrait of uh, Maud Gone in one of the rooms. And uh, the tour guide was like, oh, this is Maud Gunn, who, you know, is inherently connected in this romantic tale of WB Yeats. And I was like seething with rage. I was like, <laughs> romantic? How dare <laughs> She did write him, though. Yeah, but so what, Derek? <laughs> Once. And then he proposed to her daughter. And then he wouldn't f*** off. Like, we've all been there. Yeah. Do you reckon if Yeats spoke Irish, he would have had a better chance? Oh, definitely. No. Maud, Maud, enchant art. No, 
<laughs> All right, okay. Enchanter Dinin. <laughs> no, we'd have to ask her 16 times first and then ask Enchanter Dinin. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that Maud Gon was in any way obligated to Yates on account of, uh, of writing him. That's not my implication at all. But sometimes it's presented as if, you know, she was... Con- um, Actually, no, you know what? Fuck it. You know, he, he's a prick. He's yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, sorry. For a second there, I thought I had, I, I thought I was going to... For, for a second. second there, the misogyny just, it no. came, but then it, you just pushed it right back no. down. <laughs> and I, I was, I, yeah, I, wanted to, I wanted to say, actually, I was, I was worried how it sounded. And I thought, no, what? It didn't, there's no, I, I don't want to defend what that just said. Just let us Yeah, do, I don't do think Gates yeah. is going to write in. The important thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually. If you get any letters from Drumcliff Churchyard, Sligo. <laughs> you know what? I mean, Yates is also, weirdly enough, often someone people say, oh, I hated that school. The way it's taught. English. Yeah, I think the way English is taught needs a radical overhaul. But, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just don't care about how much you do or do enjoy. I don't enjoy school. Like, yeah. It's just... <laughs> It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, but let's all, bo- isn't it awful? <laughs> like, let's both be on News Talk again to talk about the same <laughs> subject. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. a week apart. <laughs> so, now, speaking of which, the um, this 2018 has been Belinda Galgo and it has brought us many bounties, one of which is that... Has it? One of which... Is and I, when I say bounties, I do mean small coconut filled <laughs> standard chocolate bars, one also which, known as the worst celebration. <laughs> right. Well, we won't have an argument on this because we'll be all over again. But how dare you? <laughs> well, well, one of the things that has happened to Blaine Gallagher is we have had so, somebody has has just cracked this nut that you know um, that that there are some people out there you know who you know they were they were mind their own business. There's innocent children, and someone spoke Irish to them, and their childhood was ruined. And you know, can this be stopped? And this this brave journalist have spoken against you know against a wall of you know silence. They have dared to come on the radio and say that they didn't like Irish, and they were, it was very brave of them. It was inspirational, but oh yeah, yeah, we're cultural terrorists. You know, that's it, isn't it? Somebody yeah. has finally stood up to those people who teach and speak Irish because some fella who, you know, his French is fluent from school, but he doesn't know what the <laughs> French word for fluent is when you ask him. <laughs> that guy. Fluent. Like, it's been... Yeah, that's it. I'm sure that's it. It's yeah. been a... It's been a poor year for discussion of the Irish language and Irish language related issues and the broader mainstream media. It's been a very poor year in that we have lots of people who in our circle have tried to defend and articulate beautifully in the face. But then... I'll I'll be honest with you, right? I don't think it was a poor year in particular. I think Plina Gregory is a lot to be desired for because it's supposed to be a year where the government is promoting the Irish language Mm. and they have... They've sort of let us down. They've let the whole country down on that issue. But there have been some highlights, and and one of it has been basically the media, the mainstream media, the English language media, and in particular the reactionary contrarian elements of it. Um, You know, not going to mention any particular radio stations, but it rhymes with booze talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Just basically giving themselves enough rope to hang themselves. And it's just, and eventually... People just got so sick of listening to gobshites talk about their 
shit time in school 40 years ago. And, you know, and yes, so people have gone on to talk about the Irish language and Blanany Cuffey did a wonderful documentary this year and she fought the good fight on many, many occasions. Gardine's been on the radio defending the Irish language. I've been on the radio defending the Irish language. We've, you know, we got a lot of positive feedback about this podcast and how we yeah. changed the, you know, for some people, not not trying to big ourselves up too much, but no, do, how we changed do it, how do some it. people, how we literally saved the we world. We did, yeah, we've yeah. saved the language, it's yeah. safe now. Yeah, UNESCO, but, take away that endangered status. Yeah. We've saved it, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> uh, no, just how it's, it's for some people, changed the narrative around the Irish language and has made it something that they can connect with and feel feel better about. And the fact of the matter is, when all you can get to oppose it on the other side is Ivan Yates and Niall Boylan, you've hmm. won. But I think, like you're saying, Derek, that it's a it's a bad year for people discussing Irish and debating Irish on like the radio and in columns. It's been a fucking bad year for debating anything yeah. because, like, I genuinely have turned down a few things to to debate. I, I turned down a few college debates and turned down one or two like radio debates because about other things, not about Irish. Because I'm not going to sit across from somebody who I'm stating fact and you're stating what you read off of some weird website that you found that's not peer reviewed. And like, it's a waste of my time. So, I mean, I was reading recently about something about debate being dead. And I genuinely like I enjoy debating in, in university, but like there's a lot to be like a lot. Not a lot is gained from I say something and you say the exact opposite, and then a load of people text in telling us we're Nazis, uh, telling both people they're Nazis <laughs> yeah. for various reasons. You know, I just I think it's not specific to Irish, and there is a niche for that. And some radio stations and organisations have you know tapped into that niche, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. But I'm done with it now. <laughs> yeah, it it has been a kind of a bad year for public discourse. In yeah, that, in in that regard, and like you know, as the you know, we're going to have the, 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 the texts and the tweets coming in. Like, how dare you say it's been a bad year for public discourse? I demand mm. you debate me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I but, just want to debate. Going, get out. <laughs> but like, one, one, of the problems, one of the problems is like when you, when you sit down with someone completely and totally unreasonable, and I don't believe you shouldn't talk to people. You should always try and talk to people and try and win them over and try and win them over graciously to your side and all that. But when someone believes that, like you hold up a piece of paper and it's blue and they say that piece of paper is green and you... you you can't debate that in public and you can't debate yeah. that on the airwaves. Mm-hmm. You have to sort of sit down with them and go, yo, bud, what, what's going on, man? Like, why why you feel this way? Yeah. What's going on behind you? Yeah. This piece of paper is green. Yeah. Let me chill out a little bit, you know. But, I, you know, they don't give you, that doesn't get ratings. So, you know. And the, prob- the problem is, if you do that in a room with 100 people and if 99 of them think you won, that's, that's fine, that's great. But you've also just created another person who's yeah. sitting there going, oh, maybe it's green though. Yeah. Exactly, and I mean, yeah, he had a few good points there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did think there was a bit of a shade of green off it when you looked in a certain light, you know. But uh, I, of course, we're not talking about pieces of blue paper being green. We are talking about yeah. some objectively horrible shit horrible that people shit. believe. Yeah. and and you yeah. just yeah, talk to people. I don't, I don't believe in. I don't believe in completely ignoring them and belittling them and no. mocking them. Yeah. Okay, I mock them a little, hmm. but you know, don't publicly debate someone who just doesn't have any facts, doesn't have any yeah. knowledge, doesn't have any... This, there's no point to it. This is the thing, and then the fact that, that say, if... And I often think that you can tell sometimes what people take seriously, that if you had a football match uh, or, and you had the commentators and where you'd normally have, where, where Bill O'Hurley would normally have been with Johnny Giles and Eamon Dunphy, and so said, you know, we're not going to bring in Johnny Giles this week, we're going to bring in someone who hates soccer. Eamon yeah. Dunphy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to bring in someone who hates soccer, doesn't know anything about it, hasn't really watched games, thinks the whole thing should be shut down. And thinks, that, ball, thinks that balls are imaginary. So let's bring him in now. Let's, let's have, but he also will be white and a man and straight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, obviously. Like, let's not get crazy, yeah. guys. Uh, we don't want to be radical. 
and yeah, and there, there, there are these bars to be set. And my my late father used to complain about this, and it wasn't nearly as bad in 2015. That was before the the bad year 2016, like when my father passed away in 2015. But he used to refer to this years back. He said they're having a, a cockfighting contest, and they're calling it a seminar on poultry behaviour. it's funny you mentioned football because one of the things that did happen this year was um, the BBC started to integrate female pundits and of course people lost their shit they brought on Enia Luco who's one of my favourite players she plays for she played for Chelsea she plays for Juventus now but she's also a qualified barrister Mm-hmm. This is one of the most intelligent women like that the BBC could find. Never mind the fact that she's an England international. She plays top-level football. She's won the FA Cup and the league and everything like that. They brought her in to replace somebody who hadn't played professional football in 30 years. And they're going like, oh, she doesn't know anything. It's like, no, she literally knows everything like, like not just about and not just about the football being played on the pitch but like oh how can a woman talk about men's football she hasn't played the game blah, blah, blah. it's like you haven't played the game you waste of time <laughs> shut the f- up Derek and and yeah and and, and sometimes yes it's it's and, and when you get a person who is actually who's played sport and is, is articulate it's a, it's a wonderful thing and you really that's why some people who are good at it really stay at the top for a long mm-hmm. time and sorry, you were about to say something. No, I wasn't. Like, sorry. Oh. I just had a look at somebody who was oh. about to say something, but I wasn't. But yeah, that's, and, were you yeah. going to talk about women over me? Was that what you were going to... No, I'm kidding. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, and... Sorry. Well, we're cowed now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say something about it, actually. Um, mm. About the... Sorry, what was the pundit's name? Any Aluko. Any Aluko, yeah. So she had to be... Not only was she, like, the top of her field in a footballer, she also, like, the top of her field professionally. She's a barrister as well, so she's yeah. really smart as well. Like It's, it's always funny when you mention this because uh, I, one of the uh, points of advice when I was starting my podcast was... Um, it was about, basically, podcast chemistry, and uh, a friend said... A good show, basically. You need you need your you need your Bill O'Hurley, you need your Johnny Giles, and you need your Eamon. Oh yeah, we tried to assert these one time. Yeah. Who was who? I can't no, remember. No, this who. was that. Obviously, I'm the Bill. Obviously, obviously, I'm Bill, <laughs> and Duke. obviously, Garajin is Eamon. Oh, it's. Oh. I mean, I'm Giles. You're Giles. Class. <laughs> Class. Oh Jersey. man. <laughs> That's me happy. I'm made up now. Like, I'm so angry about it, but I know if I'm angry, then that just reinforces the point. (laughs) But at the same time, though, I mean, that's the thing as well as knowing stuff to to a different, to a greater or lesser degree. There there was a kind of an on-stage chemistry. But Eamon Dunphy, though, was also part of the, um, under uh, Angus Fanning, the Sunday Independent from the 80s onward, brought in a lot of columnists who, um, Angus Fanning hated Irish, hated republicanism, hated the, and the, the cult- cultural nationalism and th- those sorts of things, and he brought in a lot of columnists who he yeah. felt tore this Connor down. Cruz O'Brien, Cruiser, Hugh Leonard, and Eamon. And I liked Hugh Leonard. I always liked Hugh Leonard. Hugh Leonard was he was as as Westbrook as he could get, but he just <laughs> he didn't he wasn't belligerent, and mm-hmm. what he wrote was lovely. And I thought Da was one of my favorite books when I was a, a teenager. I thought it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, he did. He created the culture by which Barry Egan can exist, feeding is- off the. Energy of celebrities. What is Barry Egan? I don't know who Barry oh, Egan yeah. is. Barry, Barry Egan is the celebrity columnist, the gossip columnist for the Sunday Independent. Oh. He will constantly talk about his good friend Nigella Lawson and his <laughs> great pal. Uh, insert name here, but basically, he's 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 what's wrong with Ireland? I love those columns because they exist in a world complete like it's a fantasy world. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a fantasy world for Barry as well, but like it makes it into the paper. 
I'm really glad that, that we're definitely on track in this episode. <laughs> we, completely, we completely aren't, but anyway. I assume because Garadine's like a legal expert that none of this counts as defamation. Uh, is it, we're calling me a legal expert now. <laughs> That's <Okay>. defamation. <laughs> uh, so, I can't, so, can't confirm that at all. <laughs> Blaine and Gael go, one of the maybe un- unintended kind of uh, Irish language talking points this year was a tweet from a certain American celebrity. Oh my God, right. <laughs> <laughs> a certain American, a certain worldwide celebrity, I think it needs to be said. So I lost my shit the day that RuPaul <laughs> tweeted in Irish. I audibly gasped in my office and knocked something over so loud that the girl who sits beside me was like, you okay? And I was like, I gotta go make a call. <laughs> <laughs> because she's not from Ireland and I, I know she doesn't watch Drag Race so I needed to first explain yeah, the cultural phenomenon that is no, Drag Race. You have no cultural touchstone here. I'm going to have to explain <laughs> <And> so also, much. <laughs> the significance of RuPaul tweeting, Ask Oilke, I lost the run of myself. And not just Oscar Elga, but exactly. how exactly. how Gregor would tweet. Jay and Crack. This oh my God. I'm going to pull up, see if I can pull up the exact text now, just because, first of all, it did start with the words Jay and Crack, not yeah. good, good Jay. Yeah, the, the, J, the, word, the letter J. Like if you had a buddy from Tierconnell, like if Anton Gogokolo was sending a little message, it'd be I can't Jay imagine crack. Anton, who is like a huge like Drag Race fan, how much of his shit that he lost like all of it all I of the just, shit like, I rang my friend you. who like loves drag race and like he doesn't speak Irish but he knew the significance I was like oh my god <laughs> so here is the actual tweet so it was a winter in a heron Jay and crack clush and gwil machalin michelle visage a din of harkeen er at got talent IRL is lyrica will shifsha na banrianica deadly august mighty fresh and oh, Bardoive and Uber a Horistach. No, is Sashe all away a big shift? Yeah! Oh my god. Sashe all. Sashe all away. That is now a word. It's in the dictionary. Like O'Donnell, move over. RuPaul has created terminology. What RuPaul says is law. This is the thing because, and and like as Anton and Anton Bjogunis here would say, that's, you know, that loan words are a natural part of Celtic life and whereas Yeah, you just lash an oil onto the end of yeah. it. Yeah. Or all j- and he's saying egg, egg, egg rec- when he was egg record oil, he used <laughs> kind of the correct term and people were like, Ooh, <laughs> egg oh. taffa <laughs> And then whereas yeah, but like with and then so to actually see this, it's it, it suggests a level of confidence. But before this, just the big before this the big oh my god, look at that was the Queen of England, Elizabeth the Second. Oh yeah, yeah. Her, uh, she said, "Uchtron August Zakharje." Yeah, people. Did you hear Magalie's right beside her? Just went, "Wow!" Yeah, and her face—that was audible. It was on the same mic. Wow! But like that was my reaction, but like multiplied by you know infinity because because the real queen just checked in. The real queen tweeted, and at the time, so. The filming of Ireland's Got Talent takes place in the Helix and I work in DCU in the building next to the Helix. So I spent my lunch times hanging out outside the stage door waiting to see Michelle Visage so I could be like, if I breathe the same air as you and you often breathe the same air as RuPaul, then if so facto, we're, me and RuPaul are friends. Like that was my logic. And then RuPaul tweeted, that's great again. And then I had to be sedated and carried home for a while. <laughs> it's just the best my, thing my, ever. My, my favourite thing about it, what gave me energy about the whole mm. thing was the people com- complaining. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
She obviously didn't write it herself. She got somebody to write it. It's like, like it doesn't pe- matter. It's also, like it's just like when when Tato when Tato announced that they were going to do bilingual packaging. They said we're going to put the the, uh, the flavor and the, the stuff on the packaging in Irish because we think it'd be cool and people would like to do that. Yeah, and I I was happy. Loads of people yeah, were happy. Yeah, but remember somebody said to me, "Oh, it's just a gimmick." I was like, "I know. Yeah. It's a gimmick. We get a gimmick." <laughs> somebody has looked at this small population of minority language speakers and said, "You know what." We need a gimmick to get them interested. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when so you know those things that you get your name on, you like a little name tag with like a, I don't know a little cup with your name on it. Like yeah. so, Irish language people with Irish language names never get those. So no matter what it is, if it has my name on it, I don't care if it's a toilet roll holder. I am buying that. It was like that, you know. It was just for the, like those. We need come, more garaging nameplates. Just in the shop. put my name on anything. I'll buy it. <laughs> Too many borts. <laughs> But like it was like that. Like there was people being like, "Jay is not in the Irish language." Oh, like get out! It's RuPaul. She can say whatever she likes. Also, she probably did write it herself because that's the magic of RuPaul. So, effectively. But, <laughs> but I do think that being a drag queen gives you certain attention to detail and a certain attitude to uh, perfection yeah. and show personship. If and... if RuPaul spoke Irish, that is how RuPaul would speak Irish. Like mm. she would reinvent the language. I have no doubt about it. That's God. what we're missing. That's what we need. We just need to, yeah, we just need to get RuPaul on board with all of that sass. And meanwhile, um, meanwhile, yeah. on the other side of the Atlantic, um, straight icon Ed Sheeran writes an entire song, translates an entire song into Irish, and gets no praise at all. Yeah, but he does have a tattoo Gaelic ink on his arm, and I will never forgive that line in that song. Oh yes, <laughs> or that that it's, so. There's that line in that song, Galway Girl, that yeah. was assaulting our ears for many uh, yeah. a, a month. This, this yeah, year. the worst thing the Brits have ever done to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah the worst thing ever. But like bar nothing. Um, and there's a line in it that this Irish girl who's playing a fiddle in an Irish band yes. in the bar on Grafton Street. I know, hmm, I know the song. Yes. She played the fiddle in an Irish band well, and she well, fell in love with a black and tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, that's what she did. And then she says something like, what's the Gaelic ink on your arm? Like, who is this Irish girl who's calling it Gaelic? Because I just want to talk. I just want to talk. Hey, 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 hey. hey. It was a, yeah. she, as I was recently corrected by uh, a mutual, uh, by a friend of a friend on the internet, sometimes people up um, north of Dublin, north north of Dublin, refer to Irish as Gaelic. And yeah. we need to no. respect differences and no. love everyone. Who? No. Who are these people? Excuse me? I'm sorry. I should, I should clarify here. When she said, what's that Gaelic ink on your arm? It was a tattoo of Jason Sherlock. <laughs> tattoo of Jason Sherlock yeah, on the forearm. Be, yeah, just a, a portrait of J.O. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And around it with musical notes and oh. words. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And let me you say J.O. <laughs> J.O. Oh. Yeah. So that was the Gaelic ink on the arm. It yeah. is, it's on Ed Sheeran's left arm. Yeah, okay. Well, that, then I, I forgive her on that one. It's fine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, it's, so in addition to that song, he also translated one of his most popular songs, a, f- a frequent uh, feature as First Dance of Weddings, Thinking Out Loud to Exmina Vosart, and it was on a album, a, a, a CD produced this year. Yeah. Was, uh, that, was that on the one that came out this year? Cause, yeah, Because Kjol Uchtag, the album that Kunder Nguelge um, wor- yeah, worked on and put out. But anyway, this year... Okay. The keynote piece, the most important song that was on it, was Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. By Weedus. It was so good. Yeah, he mm. got into it. Uh, McDermott sent an email or something. Yeah. He did a video about it. It was amazing. They went to New York. Yeah, they gave him yeah. the phonetic translation. And the guys were like so on board with it. Yeah. And like, Ilana I think it was. Yeah. Baby. Fair balls to Owen McDermott. Yeah. Like, he he's, just, class. he's been doing great work with that for so long. And I do think it was a year before without cheering, and no one got excited about it. <laughs> 
I'm Connor Reed, and this is Words to That Effect, a literary podcast of the curious, the intriguing, and the unexplored. With in-depth research and expert guests, I answer the kind of questions you know you need the answers to. Like, what exactly is transhumanism, and why do some people think it'll make them immortal? Why are there so many crime novels with the word girl in the title? Who was H.P. Lovecraft, and why is the internet a little bit obsessed with him? Listen to Words to That Effect wherever you get your podcasts or at wttepodcast.com. Season 3 is launching very soon. Uh, somebody informed me, I was talking to somebody about the um, the, the, the teenage dirtbag by Wheatus, Oscar Elga, and he was like, an American friend, he's like, yeah, um, so that wasn't a hit in America. I was like, what? what? Apparently it's just Ireland and certain parts of the UK where like Wheatus are huge yeah. and that song is incredible. Oh my God, what? I know, I know. it's unreal. But like the guy from American Pie and the girl from American Pie yeah, were no, in the no, video. No, absolutely, like it was a big, it was a big budget thing, but it's what? just, so let's put it this way, maybe it was a hit at the time, but it doesn't have cultural but resonance. But it doesn't play at every wedding ever. No, exactly, whereas then. it comes on in, well, whatever, it comes on in Dicey's yeah, and the whole like place starts singing it. That one and Maniac 2000. Everybody's mm. on the floor. Shoot the max, shoot the max, shoot the max. Oh, yes. It's, <laughs> there, are people, there are people drinking in Dicey's listening to that song who weren't born when it came out. Yeah, I believe Maniac that. 2000. Oh, uh, I remember Mark McKay was talking about, he was in an interview on the, on the anniversary of Maniac 2000 and he was talking about, it was, it, was, it was a real rocky story. You know, Everybody tried to stop him from doing this, from releasing this song. <sighs> and he's like, no, but it's not even a proper cover. You're just shouting over someone else's song and you're putting... <laughs> Crowd noise in the background. Goes, no, this is this is exactly what Ireland needs at this moment in time, at this moment of internal reflection. Kickstarted the Celtic Tiger. Yeah, the yeah, way- funky, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the crowd was just a noise. He wasn't like he said. This is a you hit you hear it in the club and you think the crowd are cheering. Was it? She was a sexy lady. She had to get her fill. I'm pretty sure it's thrill. She had to get her thrill. It's not Phil. I don't know. We'll okay. have to have to get Sorry. Mark on the podcast. Can we get Mark on? Yeah, because I just want to tell him how many times that I played that single. I was just a CD with that one song, and I like remember like that's <laughs> no all B-sides. you get. Like, <laughs> and like I just would just play it constantly. Like, okay. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember B sides? They're not a thing anymore now. I remember because we were, I mentioned B sides in, in a reference to when we were we were having a discussion, and 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 Emer hadn't heard of one. Emer oh, Duffy God. hadn't heard of one because she's, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, a child of the digital she's era. A, she's a child of the digital era. I guess that like she never had an LP. I remember in her house. besides but of I mean, tapes. You, you turn yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. And like the thing is, even when CDs started to come out, you know, when singles came out on CDs, they were still called B sides. It was yeah. the two tracks mm-hmm. that and then weren't going to be on the album yeah. that you got on a single. Like, yeah. yeah. They were usually shy. I mean, that's usually, yeah, because they yeah, weren't even going to yeah, make the album. Yeah. Like, yeah, or it was like a dance music. Like, <laughs> but now it's now it's ridiculous, right? The singles chart is is gone mad because our good friend Ed Sheeran. Ed. Uh, he like gets nine out of the top ten spots whenever he releases an album because yeah. you buy each track individually, or you just play it on Spotify. Like, this takes yeah. me on to the next things. One Sorry. of the, um, I guess one of the tw- one of my twenty eighteen highlights is one, my favorite podcast that isn't from the Headstuff Podcast Network. My favorite international podcast is called Hit Parade. It's presented by a man called Chris Malanfi, and it's a history of the pop charts. Basically, the economics and the business side behind actual the music business as well as the cultural significance of various artists. One of which is he looks at the actual history, how the CD, how in the nineties there was a, a war declared on the singles after Live Aid. The the that the pop the top forty was no longer a scientific measure of what people actually liked anymore because you had charity singles, you had mm. event singles, things like that. And then they when when CDs came out, then the price difference between a single and an album wasn't big enough to justify people buying a single every week, which they used to do in the seventies. 
I'm glad and, that you're a nerd in every aspect of your life. It's not just here. It's yeah. it's just so heartening that like you just so. have this like weird interest and so it's so lovely. Like Derek is the cutest person alive. <laughs> it's just so sweet in his interests. <laughs> I'm so, afraid. I'm afraid you lost me at a podcast that isn't on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Yeah, well, I didn't know there was such a thing. I mean, Headstuff is a great show. I just want to say that that this is every time a new episode of Hit Parade lands, I'm like yeah, a new episode. <laughs> There's this brilliant com- comparative study of Tom Petty and Prince. That was just brilliant. Oh wow! And about I'd it's, it's to that, the, the Petty Prince. They they started oh, I love and it. they they both they've got their first top ten single in the first year, 1979. How they long both, are the episodes? They're about an hour long. Um, just beyond commuting. Yeah. I'll give it a bash. And and yeah, he talked about how they they were at war at war with their labels for most of their careers. And then there's a brilliant comparative study of Elton John and George Michael, which is just really beautiful. And they were good buds, weren't they? Mm-hmm. They were indeed. And yeah. it was just, it's um, but yeah, so that have you other podcasts you enjoy? Yeah. So on a recommendation from Alan McGuire of Juvenalia and Ellen Tannum of Juvenalia, I started listening to the Adventure Zone, which is just beautiful it is three brothers and their dad playing role-playing games and that doesn't sound funny but they're absolutely hilarious <laughs> they're brilliant and yet you just get so sucked into the story like you're actually just listening to four nerds from west virginia playing dungeons and dragons but you get so invested in the characters and you're like oh my god oh i really hope that his sister's okay <laughs> it's absolutely it's brilliant you just you just i just want to go for pints with them they're just oh, the best that. lads the best lads do you, Guardian, have a podcast highlight yeah, of the year? Um, I started listening to, belatedly, The Guilty Feminist this year, and I love it so much. I think it's so good. I started off with the Irish. Um, they did a show about, in Ireland uh, in October, and they had Lynn Moran, uh, Tara Flynn, and uh, Alison Spittle on, and they're just really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I started commuting from Dublin, so I have a long drive in the car, so... Have the old podcast, podcast on, and obviously ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of Bjorn Reagan. That's my, yeah, my, yeah. my Irish podcast of the year. Um, they've been superb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinead Neolachan, Shuni Gwynn, friend of the bod, yeah, and Anya Vrejlan. And it's just, it's just class. It's three women talking about every single aspect of life you could think of. The episodes are 25 to 30 minutes long, so it's like bite sized. Yeah. And they're just, if it's you, just hilarious. If I just, there's one episode in particular is like, I just could not stop laughing. They were talking about like the fear, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, geez, I just couldn't. Do it. And it's definitely, it's one of the better things. If you want to improve your Gaelga, it's wonderful to listen to. I'm going to be really offensive to them now and say two and a half Conyunty because <laughs> Shun is from Leinster, but she speaks a bit of Munster Irish. Yeah. Sinead Neolachan is a Kerry Gaelgar and, and Anya's from Tirchonel. But, but users of folklore.e and tangland.e might recognise Sinead. They might recognise Sinead because she does about two thirds of the, the Munster uh, pronunciations. Yeah. So mm. every now and again I'll be listening to Bill Reagan and Sinead will say a word and I'll go, oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> it's her. <laughs> it's herself. But then I think when, when people, we do look back on 2018, it's probably one, um, one very large event, one large historical event in Ireland and we don't want to no, Irish people, we try not to pat ourselves on the back too much. <laughs> what? We not, we, we, We're still singing songs about Euro 88. <laughs> okay, well, we, 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 I guess we try, we caution ourselves against doing what we're going to do anyway. No, no, no. We pat ourselves on the back a lot, but we do not like to sit in a room with someone who's patting themselves on the back. Yeah. We will cut down anyone who thinks they did well in life or in general. Anything. Your flaws but, remind me of my own flaws, <laughs> so I must punish you. I punish you, yes. <laughs> What is this hubris? 
you think you've achieved something. But because we as a nation can be proud of certain things, mm-hmm. like when the boys in green do well or when we win a grand slam in the rugby like we did this year, we can we can we can collectively pat ourselves on the back and give ourselves a big hug. Like we did in twenty fifteen with marriage equality. Yeah. And then definitely with my word of the year, fucking the blame Ashkar. Indeed. Ashgar yeah. is clearly the word, the Irish word of 2018. Normally I'd run a poll, but I don't, I mean, it would only be a, no uh, point. an academic no, exercise. No, no, it's, 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 it has to be, and I, I'm not going to cry doing this. I promise I won't cry. Um, but it was an amazing year. And I'd say I, I quite hasten to word these, use the word amazing because it was pretty shit for a lot of it. And mm-hmm. it's a pretty shit thing to have to do. Anyone who was involved in marriage equality, it says, to have to knock on doors and ask for your rights is pretty shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what Irish people did and what Irish women did in particular was amazing in terms of uh, just entirely grassroots. I mean, it was it was just normal people who were never politically active before who decided I'm not taking this anymore. Not just in 2018. I mean, this, this movement has been coming for 35 years, realistically, mm. but got going in the last five. And then this year was the year. I mean, it's weird now because I'm part of Lawyers for Choice and we're currently watching the legislation go through the Dáil um, and go through the Shannad. Um, and while we have concerns about it, whatever, we have to keep reminding ourselves that like this time 12 months ago, like we didn't even think that it was going to be a referendum, you know? And... And I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about about debates on, on radio and stuff and how people are done with debates because we had all of these awful debates and they were so, so harrowing that you had to sit and listen. I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever forget the feelings I felt when I watched Clareburn Live, the Clareburn Live show before. It was just the it was just the worst thing I've ever had to sit through. Um, but people, di- people didn't care. People didn't care that there was a 50-50 on the debate. They were sick of it and people knew what they knew. And I remember my supervisor saying to me a couple of days before the vote that like generally Irish people are good people. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to do the loving thing. And that's what they did. And now I'm going to stop because I'm going to cry. <laughs> I remember shortly after that Claire Burn debate going out canvassing, knocking on doors and asking people. And mm. to be fair, like while people are good and while people want to do the best thing, you ended up with weaselly tactics from one side and that had to be undone on the doors, you know. So you're listening to people going, "Oh, but I heard this on the telly. What about this? What about this?" Yeah. And you just, you just, just sit down. You just palm open and you just go, "Look, it's that's not happening. It's not like that. That's not the way it is." And but those personal connections and those thousands and thousands of volunteers who went around knocking on doors, like you, you certainly hear lots about the big figures and how important they are. And, and don't get me wrong, like the Tara Flynn. Shibangi Karmakar, Steffi Lord, Sinead Redmond, Cathy Shields, Alva Smith, mm. Deirdre Duffy. You could name women who just made a difference in Anna Cosgrave that, you know, that, 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 that made a difference. But there were thousands and thousands more going out, knocking on doors, opening their hearts to people, putting themselves you know, out there and, and at risk in some in some mm. cases. Uh, I remember one time <laughs> we had the dog set on us at one stage <laughs> in, in Clondalkin by someone who was, uh, but they definitely made their mind up, shall we say. Yeah. But yeah. to be to be greeted with a population that was willing to talk and willing to listen and and yeah, like the, this shitty, shitty radio debate, it, it, it was poisonous, it was damaging, mm. it was upsetting and at the end of the day we were able to overcome it and I'm really, really, really it is very, very, very special memories for me because uh, I did my last canvas on the day before 
the referendum and on the day of the referendum my wife went into the maternity hospital to be induced and then the night the results came in uh, my son was born so it was oh uh, I'm gonna cry yeah I think I'm getting a bit teary eyed as well but, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm still friends with the people I went out canvassing with in, in Dublin Midwest and they still call him baby repeal Aww. That's right. What a world to be born into, though. Like the yeah. day, at, like what, what a way to, to come into the world, yeah. you know? I think so. It's a great time. And you mentioned the Weasley words and scare tactics being kind of dragged into the debate by the other side. And this is something, I mean, we all have personal stories connecting us to this campaign. And something that obviously connected to myself was that a, a certain disability issue was, was dragged into this. And it was, and I, I wrote about my experience of being a father of a little girl with Down syndrome, a wonderful, amazing. Yeah, little girl with Down syndrome, and how I didn't want her to be used as a prop in a debate by people who didn't care about it. And I found after I wrote this article, I got some great feedback, but then I suddenly started seeing the first nasty reviews of my book. Oh, <laughs> and while that wasn't that wasn't great, and people did, uh, but I did get one letter which was at the absolute highlight of my year, and I just think this is one of the most um, hey Patter, I'm, I'm, I'm I won't be able to read it because I'm makes me emotional but I got, I got sure. this and I think I just wanted to share it because I hope it will cheer you up Hi Derek I know this message might not be welcome because there have been circumstances before where I feel like I've overstepped the mark with people in relation to talking about Down syndrome but nevertheless I found myself writing to you anyway the article that you wrote for the journal touched my heart and that of my parents and more than you could ever imagine I have a 27 year old brother who also has that extra chromosome he leads the most fulfilled life at only 27, he has competed in the Special Olympics. He's a kayaker. He's acted. He started in, he started in numerous plays. He has a girlfriend who also happens to have Down syndrome for the past 10 years. He can literally name every footballer in the Premier League. He's a diehard Mayo GA supporter and even speaks a little bit of Irish. In a lot of ways, he's achieved more in his life than my sister, my younger brother and I. I'm finding it very tough at the moment because I fully support the repeal campaign and I'm constantly having to answer questions in relation to abortion and Down syndrome. But your article articulated the sentiments held by my family and I, and with incredible grace. Since I read it yesterday, I have not been able to get it off my mind. Only going off my parents' sentiments and experiences, I know that when my brother was young, they held lots of fears over the life that he was going to lead. But please know, as I'm sure you already do, that your little girl is going to constantly surprise you and everyone around her as she grows and develops. And should you have more children, she's going to teach them some of the most invaluable life lessons on the true meaning of ability. Again, I'm very sorry if I've overstepped the mark in contacting you with such a personal message, but I just wanted you to know how thankful I am that someone had the ability to put into words what my family and I feel. Thank you, Paul. P.S. Also, big fan of the podcast. Excellent work, there, mate. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, it was, it was just such such a meaningful thing for me to receive that because uh, I think it was, it was, it's, it was a hard year, but um, it was it was great to get through. And this is one of the reasons. Like last, um, there's lots of charities to appeal to for Christmas, but one of the things because Down Syndrome Ireland had to asked to be kept out of the debate, they charities live by their the amount of coverage and they they constantly mm -hmm. need attention to raise funds. And because they took the a very honourable stand of, of of staying out of the referendum, they they probably they limited the amount of exposure their ability to raise funds. So. Um, 
I would love if some of you considered um, making a donation to Down Syndrome Ireland this Christmas uh, in respect in all of that. Obviously, there's other charities too. I know you both have um, charities you'd like to give a shout out to before we wrap up for Christmas. No, Homebug. Home no, home. I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, big props to what Alone are doing with uh, with older people and what Focus Ireland are doing with the homelessness crisis and inner city helping homelessness. And, you know, one of the other things that we've seen this year, one of the bad things, because there's no resolution to it at the end of the year, so we can, we can pat ourselves on the back, all, you know, all we want over the great work we did with Repeal, but there's 10,000 people without a home for Christmas. There's 400 children. 4,000 children, sorry, 4,000 children, and it hurts to say it. There's 4,000 children out there, and Santi's going to have to find them in emergency accommodation. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, whatever you can do to alleviate that, uh, that's 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 my Christmas wish. Yeah, and obviously, you know, those are great charities, so contribute if you can. But if, if anyone was interested, um, ASN Abortion Support Network is a charity in the UK which supports um, Irish women who have to travel for abortion. And unfortunately, even with this referend- uh, legislation that we're going to have, uh, there still will be people travelling. Um, and uh, ASN have been doing amazing work for decades. Um, uh, the people involved there have been just amazing. Uh, so please consider uh, contributing there if you can. Great stuff. Excellent. So um, that's what I just want to say. I want to thank everyone for all your support of this podcast this year. It's just been it's been a great thing to be involved in. The I expect the Motherfucker podcast will be going on hiatus. I expect around March time. Just because. Yes. Breaking news. Oh, Breaking no. news. Because just with his because we all hate each other and we don't want to. We're just we, taking a really break. We're all going solo. There's a, a <laughs> basically just a, there's, a, there's going to be a we all, we all have um lots of people are moving on with their lives in very interesting exciting ways. You were moving on with your I'm, lives without me. What? <laughs> <laughs> and just we will be taking a little time to take stock, and we'll be coming back bigger and better and better. Who knows? We will certainly be. We will be taking some time to reevaluate. Yeah, but we got we, we got like three months left or whatever. Let's just go out with a we bang. We do indeed. We're going to go out with a bang. But I, the important thing is just you know that for this year, it is it has it's been. I have had the the privilege and honor to meet some fantastic people to have come, have them come on here and to and to get to communicate with you, our listener, every week. Um, I I do feel looking great. <laughs> our listener, just our the listener. one, that one guy. <laughs> I'm speaking to the specific listener who's listening right now. You know who you are. Um. Just we just uh, we thank you for being our friend. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Too much booze on the table. (laughs) Leave the booze. We are who we are. I was worried I was going to lose my cool and stand, you know, say stupid shite, but I think I did okay. (laughs) It's <laughs> just the regular stupid shit. Just the regular stupid shit, you know? <laughs>